quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show, where I bring you phenomenal guests sharing tips, strategies, and techniques so you can live your life rich from the inside out in the areas of life, leadership, and business. And today, I have a special guest who I met at the Steve Ulcher's New Media Summit, and I can't wait to share her with you. With a vat of knowledge and experience as a therapist, certified style and confidence coach, dating coach, and matchmaker, Kim Seltzer has helped thousands of people find lasting love and connection, attract success, and build valuable relationships using her confidence makeover process, using an outside-in approach. Kim has changed lives by changing their style, emotional and social intelligence using her signature formula, the charisma quotient, working on body language, first impressions, image, and messaging, and how it impacts attraction. This Los Angeles-based expert travels the country helping people discover confidence, charisma, and connection. As a speaker at the National Matchmaking Conferences, eHarmony, Neutrogena, the Guild of Universal and iDate. Kim is also a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, digitalromance.com with appearances in Cosmopolitan, Oprah Magazine, Red Book, Reader's Digest, Ask Men, Fox News Magazine, Yahoo Shine, and the Washington Examiner, among a myriad of other publications. You can also find Kim as a leading love expert on the traveling live dating show, The Great Love Debate and the cable reality dating show, The Romance. You can also listen to her on her own podcast, The Charisma Quotient, as she currently is hosting the Flirt Academy workshops nationwide. Please welcome Kim Seltzer to the show. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here. You just are a bundle of fun and energy, and Aww. I just love, actually, it's the energy that you carry with yourself and that smile. So I want you to just jump in and share with us what got you interested in the field that you are in. Yeah. Well, you know, I was cracking up. I was actually smiling from ear to ear when you were reading back the bio and I was cracking up because look, I, although I've had these amazing experiences professionally and I'm so blessed because for me, it's just being able to reach more and more people. The real reason why I got into doing what I do is because of my own story, <laughs> because of my own transformation. And, you know, and, and it actually really relates to what we're going to talk about today. Cause if you knew me years ago, gosh, about 17 years ago, you wouldn't have recognized me at all. In fact, I had such a different life. I mean, I was just, you know, I was practicing as a therapist for many, many years. And that was when I lived in Chicago and I had what I call my traditional life, right? I had the picket fence. I had the dog. I even had the kids. I still have the kids. Um, but I did have the husband back then. And I say in the past tense, because what I'm about to share with you really changed the course of not just my career, but my life. 
um, we all pick up, we move to LA, you know, I call La La Land here. And I joke, we all, you know, obviously there were other issues going on in this little fairy tale, but we always joke, well, well, everyone here is divorced. Let's do it. <laughs> but, you know, what was so, I think of myself back then in, it was just such a dark period of my life. And it, my clothes actually reflected how I felt inside. And this is really what got me into doing what I do. So before this whole thing happened, I actually, like you, worked from the inside out. Being a therapist, I worked on the inside, then, you know, whatever happened from there. But what I'm about to share with you changed the course of my entire practice. So at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do. There was no way I was going to be a therapist. I used to joke, if people were to come to me in that dark period, I would have been like, you think you have issues? Let me, let me go on the couch for a second. <laughs> right? And so it was just, I, there was no way I could help other people because I couldn't even help myself. I couldn't even get out of my own way. And, you know, I love what your podcast is about because it's really, you know, how, how do you have a million dollar kind of <laughs> mentality at that point when I was completely flat on my face and I didn't know what I was going to do. So the thing that happened to me is one day I look in the mirror. This is what happened. I look in the mirror and I was so fed up. I hated what I saw. I was in these like ginormous black clothes. I still have my nursing bras on, okay? It just shows you how stuck I was. I was not nursing at that point. I just still had it on. And I had my Birkenstocks on. And I look at myself and I'm like, God, what have I, what have I become? You know, it, uh, I didn't even recognize myself, to be honest. And although I had a great support system and I did a lot of inside work on myself, I just, I was stuck. So I go shopping. This is what happened to me. I go shopping because first of all, nothing fit me. I had a new body. I didn't even realize that. And I'm in the store and I'm pulling all of these same black clothes that I normally do that are like three sizes too big and they're black. And this personal shopper, she comes up to me and she said, ma'am, you know, I was watching you and I, I was wondering if you wanted to try this on. And she holds up this red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I said, ma'am, that's really sweet of you, but that's not my size. And that's really not my color. She said, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. And it was like, boom, you know, like she hit me over the head with that red dress. I call it my red dress moment. I almost like fell conscious, <laughs> fell conscious. And I remember thinking in that moment, you know what? I got to do something. And so I grabbed it. I put it on. I twirl around like Cinderella. And wow. I look in the, this, is, this was the moment. And I look at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a princess. You know, it was like, it was like that fairy tale moment. And I, this woman was right. I just, I, I didn't see myself for so long that I didn't believe it. And so this is where my whole philosophy of sometimes that you have to work actually from the outside in, in order to help you achieve success, achieve what you want, attract what you want. Because I bought that red dress that day and I walked out into the world and well, the rest you heard in my bio, like it really did almost happen like that because I realized there was a symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner. And that as I started getting noticed and, and also being okay being noticed, 
-hmm. I realized that, wow, here's my power. And my power was within me all along. I just needed to see it to believe it. And so that's where my business was born. And so now fast forward, I transform other people's lives, you know, doing makeovers. And of course I start with their style, their body language, first impressions, and then I move inward. Well, I bet you your ex said, oh, come back here. Let's become this new person. It was. And, you know, and that's what I love seeing. And I don't know if you have the show there. It was called What Not to Wear. Yes. Did you ever? Okay. Yeah. So it was this makeover show and I was obsessed with it at the time. And I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, those people are happy. Like there's something about this process. And I always wondered if there was sticking power. Like did people go on and stay in those outfits, stay in that happiness? And so then I, I was like, I want to do that with people, but I want to also, you don't have to win a contest or be on a TV show to do that. And when I see my clients coming out of the dressing room, and, you know, feeling like a, a princess or, or moving into their power. And I don't care if it's them trying to attract love or business, because I, I work in both worlds. When you look and feel your best, you do attract what you want, because it's all coming from you and how you feel about yourself. And that's, that's the magic. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting, because I hear people saying, well, why, why do you dress up to go to business function when you see that most people are wearing business casual? What's the point? And I think that if you're dressing for what you attract, then you just want to up-level yourself and see yourself in a different way. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. And this isn't just your opinion. That's actually, there's research to back that up, you know, because a lot of times people say, oh, you know, well, people don't want to do business with me. Or if a man isn't attracted to me, then, you know, forget them. You know, they're, they're not my people. Like, I'm not going to change who, who I am. But the truth is, is that this isn't about changing who you are. It's about marketing yourself in a way that people get to know who you are. And that's the difference. So if you're, for instance, trying to attract customer who, customers who are going to pay you $10,000 and you're not looking the part, they're not going to trust you. This is the truth. You know, it's almost like I use the metaphor of um, websites, for instance, mm -hmm. right? So if you have two websites and, and they have the same exact content, but one's antiquated, kind of old, doesn't look that slick. The other one's updated, professional looking, beautiful colors, polished. Which one are you going to choose? Most people trust the professional one. And it's not like a superficial thing, it's, you know, we're all visual beings and we are making judgments and assumptions based on two things. And this happens in the brain. Again, research, not me from this girl from LA talking. It's, it's, it's actually the attitude that you have. That's the first thing, which is your nonverbals, your body language mm -hmm. and the clothes you wear. That's it. That's it. Like what you say isn't even as important as your presentation. And what I love about this, and actually I want to put like a positive spin on it. It's like, this is an instant thing, right? Like this can actually break down barriers upon that first impression. If you walk into a business meeting, if you're going to speak somewhere, people are already firing in the brain, making those assumptions. So when you break down those barriers, you're marketing yourself as this powerhouse or attracting clients or whatever it is. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, there's not too many things in life we can get that instant result. So that's what excites me about this. So tell me more about the charisma quotient. What's involved in that? Well, you know, I, 
I kind of created this formula, if you will, because I was trying to put words to, you know, what is it that I actually do with people? And because I'm uh, a coach and a therapist and an image consultant, I kind of do a three-prong approach. And within the charisma quotient, there are three ingredients. Now, the reason why I use the word charisma, and I love, I love charisma, because it truly is what I teach. If you do the research, Charisma is something that is learned. No one is born with charisma. Like people think, oh, well, that person's just lucky. They were just born that way. No, they learned it somewhere. Their environment shaped it in a way that they started getting some of the ingredients of what makes somebody charismatic. And, you know, when you look at kind of the definition of charisma, it, it is creating that magnetism that draws people to you, right? It's that likability factor. And what I love breaking it down into these three ingredients, it makes sense to people and it's something palatable and chewable, so to speak, where if you do like just small things in each of these three areas, I do see people getting results. So for instance, the first ingredient is what I call style intelligence. I made that up because it goes with the other intelligence, <laughs> but it's basically how you present yourself, right? It's all the things I was just talking about. It's your body language. It's your style. It is your attitude. It's what's written on your face. It's your moods. It's, it's all the energy that people feel from you. The second ingredient is emotional intelligence. And I know you do a lot of work on this as well. And we, you and I were chatting about it, but you know, to me, I love helping people kind of tap into how they express themselves. When you learn how to express your feelings, you know, demand more for yourself, setting boundaries, manage other people's feelings, you actually will have a greater chance of connecting with them. So whether it's for a date or for business, it works all the same. And I think so many, especially I work with a lot of women who didn't grow up that way, you know, expressing themselves and teaching them that language, it makes a huge difference in the way that they're viewed. And then the third is social intelligence. You know, it's how you interact with people. It's your people skills. And if you're single, by the way, yes, that does include flirting. I believe flirting is a skill that you should do always, whether in business or in, uh, in dating. But it, it's, again, it's how you interact with the world and how you, it's your interpersonal skills. So when I work with people, Sometimes I do phone coaching to work on that. Sometimes I go shopping and sometimes I work with people in the field, which is super cool. And that's what I love, you know, doing this process that's different than being a therapist, just sitting in an office. I'm actually working with people in real time and helping them apply these skills when they're being social. So it's really a powerful process. And I find that people get that result where they feel more charismatic and they're attracting all the stuff in their life because they're working on those three ingredients. And we hear that confidence is sexy, but it's not about the amount of skin you show. No, <laughs> no, it is not. I am really glad that you said that. So, um, Oh, I, you know, obviously I can do a whole talk on flirting. It's one of my passions. And I do these things called flirt academies workshops where I go all over and teach this. But um, if you look at the definition of flirting, it's really interesting. It's to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. 
Mm-hmm. Now that last part is what trips everybody up because people are getting attached to the outcome, meaning I've heard it all. Um, I don't want to give the person the wrong impression. Um, I'm not interested in that person. Um, I don't want him to you know, think of me as a sexual object. I want him to think of me for my brains. I mean, it go- the list goes on and on, mm-hmm. but the truth is it's not supposed to be about any of that or showing skin. It's about, again, that kind of charisma element that just draws people to you that's playful, that's fun. I actually look at it more like how kids are. You know, like how kids are, they just, they're, the, they're in a state of curiosity and they, you know, they don't hesitate. They just, you know, kind of play and move with life. If they're curious about something, they go up to someone and they say, what's that? What are you doing? You know, it's, it's not thinking too much. And when you do that, it's amazing the opportunities that happen. And they make friends so easily too. It's just like, do you want to just come play with me? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are analyzing every single move somebody made from what they're wearing on their feet to how they have their hairstyle to everything. Because people are really in their heads. And what happens is as we move through life, we've had a lot more hurt that's happened. We've had a lot more life experiences. Mm -hmm. And so we develop filters. And so we'll hesitate, we'll think about it in order to prevent being hurt right? We'll think about, oh, I don't want to repeat that pattern, or they're worried about the future or what other people are thinking, instead of just being present. And what I love about kids, and this is how flirting should be, and what I teach, is really about being present. How can you be connecting and curious about the person you're talking to? And so whether you're at a networking event, you're at a, like a, an interview or a date, this all applies. That's why people, I laugh when people are say, oh, well, you're just a dating coach. How can you help me in business? I'm like, honestly, it's all the same skills. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really about your personality, your, how you're connecting with others and your likability and attraction factor. Because when you, the people skills is what supersedes all the knowledge that you have. I don't care how much you know up here. If people don't like you and they don't feel connected to you, it's going to be hard to progress in any situation. And so that's why these skills are so important. And also it's exciting to know that they can be learned. It's never too late. So what helps someone break down that, um, the barriers, like someone might see someone dressed up because they're wanting to attract that type of business or that person Mm -hmm. into their lives. So they, they've up leveled their game a little bit. Okay. And the other people around them might feel intimidated by actually wanting to work with them, thinking that they're scared to be pushed up to that level. How would you tell Mm. someone to not worry about those? Maybe that's not not the right client, but how would you approach those? Because I know I've, I've had people say, you know, I don't know, I'm a little bit intimidated. I don't know if I can live to those standards. And I'm curious what your take is on that. Gosh, well, there's a lot of layers and it's a great question. Um, I guess I'll address it from a therapist standpoint. You know, I get, if if I'm working with someone and they're feeling that intimidation factor when they see somebody dressed up, the conversation then becomes, what about that is intimidating? How are they defining their self-worth in relation to money and power? Because it's not just somebody being dressed up. It's more a reflection on how they're feeling inside. Um, And I'll throw myself under the bus for firsthand because I have a funny story around it. Um, When I first was learning how to become an image consultant, 
at, you heard my story, right? Like I then had to meet this image consultant who I paid $10,000 to train me how to be an image consultant. Because mind you, here in the United States, there, there are no programs to become an image consultant. So I was desperate. I, I did like this program over in the UK called Style Coaching, which was awesome. But then I didn't have the application piece. So I hired this fabulous woman and I was meeting her for the first time. Now my mindset was that I there's no way that I could like charge $10,000. I know like that was in the back of my mind, right? And when I met her, I had to like get a new outfit because all I have was the mommy clothes and the red dress. I'm like, well, neither one is appropriate. So I get this rider jacket. I don't know what I was thinking. It was so wrong now that I think about it at the time. But I think, okay, I'm not looking so mommy anymore. I show up and I kid you not, she's this beautiful like, talk about dressed to the nines, Serbian woman. She looks at me up and down, she folds her arms and she goes, and you think somebody's going to pay you $10,000 looking like that? You look like a tired mom. And my wide eyed and bushy tail just kind of wilted and filled up with tears. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was devastated. And I was that girl who felt intimidated now you know? But then now fast forward, I realized she was right. She was right. I, I was just a frumpy mom. In my mind, there was no way I could think of charging somebody to help them because I was just, you know, this therapist, this mom. So as long as I felt that way, guess what? I would be. So it wasn't until I started putting on more expensive clothes, knowing that I was worth it, seeing my self-worth, that I didn't care what other people thought or felt. It was about how I felt and I attracted the like. And so I, that was a long way of answering your question is that it really starts from you. It's not about what other people think and feel. It's about how you feel about yourself. And so anytime I have a client who feels that way, it's, it's doing a little more, you know, deeper work and then also helping them see their value. So maybe it's going shopping and seeing themselves in an expensive dress, taking pictures and saying, hey, look at yourself. It's so powerful. Like I could sit there and do cognitive therapy till the cows come home, but not until somebody sees themselves in those outfits where it just kind of clicks. You're like, I've seen it all the time and people are like, wow, I'm beautiful. Wow, I'm powerful, right? So it does, it really starts with you. And it's very interesting because it's really about the value you see in yourself yeah. In order to move to that next level. And one of the things that I like to tell my coaching clients is when I sense that they're in that space is I tell them to go and have a photo shoot done, get themselves a new outfit right. and go get a professional business photo shoot done. I and love it. the ones who do follow through on it now can see themselves in a different way. And, you know, they can start to aspire to be the woman that they see themselves to or the man they see themselves to. But until that point, like you said, when you look in the mirror, you see yourself as that frumpy, tired mom or that, you know, dad bod or whatever yeah. you want to do. <laughs> and right. you really see yourself differently saying, you know what? I wasn't looking at myself the way I should be. I know for myself and I'm calling myself out. A year ago, I went and did a photo shoot with a high-end photographer. He's phenomenal. And it was unlike any experience I ever had. Um, he's podcast, I think, 
194. If you want to go listen to my episode with Brian Riley from West Studio in Hamilton, Ontario. And um, he just asked me, what are three words you want these images to represent? Mm. And I said, I don't even remember what the words I told him. And he looked at me and said, I don't think that's it, Deb. I'll come back in a few minutes. And he walked away. And I was like, oh, I just got busted. Ah. And when he came back, I gave him three other words. And he said, yeah, I don't think you're giving me all you got, but let's go with it. And we went and as the pictures started, you know, him taking the pictures and when he gave me the teaser ones, I was like, holy man, that was me. And it really shifted the way I saw myself. And that's why I think I use that as a tool for other people. I say, wherever you can go and get a photo shoot done, get someone to do your hair or your makeup, you will show up differently after that. It's it's amazingly powerful. And I think you're just highlighting, you know, what we're talking about is that it's not superficial. It's, you know, it, it's about doing things for yourself and empowering yourself to see yourself a, a certain way. I mean, image does matter. And if you look at the, again, the definition of image, it's the way that other people perceive you and that determines how others treat you. But if you're treating yourself the same way as other people are, that's why it's like we're all mirrors, right? And and you got to look at, well, who are you attracting? I, I say to people in business all the time, you know, are you attracting the optimal pay that you're looking for in a client or a customer? And if you're not, you got to take a look at what you're putting out to get that back. Same thing with, you know, dating. You know, all these women who are like, oh, all these narcissists are unavailable men. And, you know, I say, okay, well, again, I believe you and that those people are going to keep like walking on this earth for as long as we're going to live. We can't change them. But what are you doing to attract that? What can you do to get a different result? And for me, that's the empowerment, right? It's taking a look at how you show up, how you step into your power and seeing what comes out of that. And I've just seen it over and over again with my clients and it's just amazing from one, like you said, photo shoot, shopping spree, positive experience out in the field. It really shifts the way that they think of themselves. And I think what I find is, you know, not only just the photo shoot, but once they see those pictures yeah, and they shift that thinking, like you said, but to really ask yourself also, who do I want to show up as? How do I want people to perceive me? And I think that was a real shift for me. I, I thought I was showing up as a certain way. And then when I saw the pictures, I realized I needed to elevate myself totally differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to, why do you, what do you think the reason is that people hold back on fully expressing themselves, not only, only emotionally, but through their clothing? Well, you know, it's really common to hide in your clothes. You know, there's a, there's a, I just did a podcast on five ways that you keep yourself invisible, right? And we do this in many ways. We do this with our body language. We do this in the way uh, that we wear our clothes. We do this in our voice. Sometimes people have a really like soft voice and that's, that's also a way of hiding. And it's to take a look at what, again, what about being seen is hard or what are you hiding from? For me, when I was in my black period, <laughs> I was hiding from men because I was scared. And usually when we're hiding, we're scared, you know, of something. I was 
I was really fearful because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't dated in, you know, years and I was like a fish out of water. And so then if I was being seen, oh my God, then what would I do? So there's, again, there's different reasons why people might be, um, a lot of times people don't know that they're hiding in their clothes. There, I'll give you an example. There was one woman that I was working with. She, now she hired me, it was interesting for dating coaching. Okay. And she said to me, you know, I, I want to go out and do this, you know, wing gal session with you. I, I'm good with my clothes. Everything's fine. I just need help with the whole dating stuff. I said, great. Okay. So I'll meet you. So she shows up. <laughs> I kid you not. She was dressed all in beige and her clothes was kind of like falling off of her. Like it was bigger. And she had a shawl, a black shawl wrapped around herself (laughs) and no makeup on. And um, she's Indian culture. And so she just looked, she just kind of faded away, right? And she was in her little protective cocoon. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, I am totally going to help you and we need to go shopping. (laughs) And she goes, what? I said, she's like, I buy expensive clothes. I, I love my wardrobe. Like, what are you talking about? And I said, you're hiding. You're hiding in your clothes. And, and here's what we're going to do. And so the first assignment that I gave her was actually to get a tube of red lipstick. <laughs> you love the story. And I said, I want you to wear this red lip before we go shopping, just wear this red lipstick for a week and just report back to me what happens. So she did it. And she comes back. She goes, Oh my gosh, Kim, that magic red bullet. Oh my gosh. I'm like, well, what happened? She said, well, I wore it and all these guys start talking to me. And, and so I talk back and she said, that never happens to me. I said, ah, oh, really? Mm, interesting. So what do you make of that? She's like, well, I guess the red kind of helped attract the men. And then maybe I came out of my shell more. I said, hmm, maybe something too. What if we got you more color? What if you started wearing sexier stuff that really showcased that? Your fi-? She had a great figure too. So the ending of this cute story is that we, I got her amazing clothes. We did a photo shoot. We did the dating coaching and stuff like that. And now she is like the mayor of her hometown. People come to her for fashion advice. Mayor, not like real mayor, but meaning like fashion mayor. Like people look to her and say that she's like, she's so charismatic. She meets people everywhere she goes. Like she's like a rock star now. And she laughs at herself thinking about how she used to be wrapped in her cocoon. So again, like I don't, she wasn't aware of it until we started doing this process and everything started happening to her. So that gets me thinking, Kim. So I know, you know, women more so than men, of course, they wear scarves a lot. Yeah. And how is that? Like, do you see that as a form of hiding or is it truly an accessory that can be worn without that sense of hiding? Because sometimes I do think, it is a form of hiding or something that needs to be shed. Okay. Well, let's just get it out of the way. You live in a really cold place. <laughs> you know? That's why I'm wearing a sweater today. I'm thinking, exactly. I'm <laughs> let's just, okay. So there's things that are functional and then there's things yeah. that are fashionable. And so I want to separate those two because I'm from Chicago and I had Canadian air and I wore scarves all the time and it had nothing to do with hiding. I was just friggin' cold. Okay. So putting that 
aside, and I always tell women, you know, if you're dating and you have a, you can wear a scarf outside and protect yourself and then take it off. Take the scarf off when you go indoors onto your date. You don't have to keep it on. Um, so that's the, the first thing. The second thing is that I think a lot of women dress for each other. Okay. And this is just the reality. Yeah. What we think is cute isn't what the opposite sex think is cute. Just so you know, like I always tell people that, and again, whether you're in business or, or love, it all works the same. Yeah. I think women were attracted to pretty like cute scarves with flowers and that kind of thing. Guys aren't attracted to that. <laughs> so in a way, it's just more of something that you're not thinking about if you're single and you're trying to attract a guy or what have you. The third thing to keep in mind is that it depends on your body type. Now, one of the things, and I'm happy to share with your listeners, um, I have a free body type guide that will teach you, you know, what your body type is and what clothes flatter you and what clothes to stay away from. So let me know if you want me to give you that link. But um yeah, it, what's super fun and what people don't realize is that there's certain body types that don't look good in scarves, where other body types might be able to carry it a little more and it doesn't look so like top heavy. Mm -hmm. And so also it's like there's some rules of thumb about different, you know, clothes to wear according to your body type and scarves is one of them. So there's a lot, again, a long answer to your question, but I, I hope that answered it. I, I feel the same way about suit jackets because often when I put one on, I feel boxy and I'm like, this yeah, feel attractive at all. Yes. So. Yeah. I gotta say, I mean, jackets are really tough for women. I mean, unless it's more like form fitted and it looks still feminine and you know, that has, the, those jackets have gone in and out of style throughout the years. Mm -hmm. As long as it's fitted and feminine, then good. But a mistake that a lot of women make in the, in the workforce is they're trying to dress like a man because they think that's what's appropriate because they want to fit in with the man. But the truth is, is that a woman's power in the workforce is being a woman. Never try to hide or dumb down or, you know, conform to being a man. You're not a man. <laughs> so don't, so don't, act like one. Cause it also, it, it's, it's a disconnect, you know? So you're much better off getting a power. If you want, if you, let's say your dress code is to wear suits. Like I know a lot of lawyers and whatnot in corporate settings, they have to wear suits. Just make sure that it's fitting your body type. You know, your body type, it's, it's very tailored and you can still wear heels with it. That's the other thing. Like it's how you accessorize it as well. Cause to your point, some people just wear like these really boxy, you know, blazers and it's just not serving your body at all. It looks sloppy and, and then it also looks kind of, you know, messy if you will. Yeah. So you're not feeling clean and uh, shaped. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not tailored. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I'm going to go to eye contact. So yes. how much is too much when, whether it be business or like you said, the rules are the same. Cause I know that even the photographer, one, one thing he taught me was don't give full eye contact. You got to look away sometimes. So I'd love to hear yeah. your <laughs> take is on eye contact when, cause really that eye contact piece is also part of that likability credibility piece that people say you know it's the window to the soul 
Yes. It's, 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 so it's the second thing that I talked about in your attitude. It's the nonverbal behavior, you know, behavior that you're, or the signals, if you will, that you're sending out to the world. And I always say the face is the first thing that's read on people, you know, and then, and then people kind of scan down and move down the body. And then like movement is another thing, but eye contact and smiling are the two things that are the most important when it comes to connection and likability and approachability for that matter. So what I'll say about eye contact, like how much is too much, that kind of thing. There are different rules I will say. And when it comes to like flirting and attraction and you're really trying to like, you know, send out more of the sexual signals. There is something called the three second rule that I do teach women. That is kind of what your photographer was alluding to. And that is, you know, if you see a guy that you like, it's looking at him and you count to one and then you're looking down and then you're talking to your friend and that's two. And then three is looking back. That third like looking back is the assurance that it wasn't just a mishap to the guy. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was intentional. Okay, yeah, it's on. And so it's almost like, okay, I have the confidence now to approach that woman because that was not a mistake. She was definitely checking me out. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to business or just like, you know, kind of creating connection with people, Having soft eye contact and smiling even in your eyes is really, really nice. It's really important. So as people are talking to you, yes, make eye contact when they're talking to you. Don't look away. Don't look around, you know, that kind of thing. Um, conversely, the other extreme is also weird, and that is the stare. Like, <laughs> Don't do the creepy stare. And that goes for dating as well. Like, don't be the creepy guy in the corner just staring. That's creepy. <laughs> what you want to do, because when you're staring, that can signal two things. One, intimidation, because you see this in the animal kingdom. People who are hunting or animals that are hunting, you know, there's that stare. You see this happen. Um, even like when two people are talking to one another, the proximity, meaning the spatial, you know, kind of uh, the closeness that you have with the person as you're making the eye contact also matters. So you can look at someone in the eye and if you're staring at them and you're really, really close, that's aggressive and also kind of scary. Um, and a bit odd, to be honest, like you feel that when someone's too close to you. So I always say to people, the best positioning when you're talking to someone is actually angling out. And so it's like a shoulder to shoulder is really comfortable. I would avoid head on because that's like the sign of aggression and it feels odd, especially if it's too close or too far apart. It can work, you know, on both ends. But if you have an angling on the side and you're looking at somebody as you're talking and you're kind of, you know, meeting at that shoulder, it's really comfortable because it feels like there's an out, there's an opening there, but you're also feeling the closeness at the same time. It makes it safe, safe, approachable, feeling like you can still have that conversation because otherwise it's like get out of Dodge or someone staring like that. <laughs> totally. Completely. <laughs> and people know that. I mean, they feel that, right? Yeah. It's that energy. It's all about the energy that you connect with people and, and that flow. I know uh, a friend of mine, 
I've known him for over 10 years, but I remember the first time that I actually met him in person and he walked into a room in a conference and everyone turned their head. And he didn't even, I think he only said hello, but he carried that charismatic aura around him. And, you know, and it wasn't the stare, it was turn your heads. And I think mm -hmm. that when people think of movies or thinking of confidence, that they're going to turn heads when they walk through. And then they don't want to believe it because they didn't see it happen. Well, right. And that's an avoidance. You know, when people are not comfortable, you know, actually taking in and receiving the eye contact, that's another thing. You know, um, I, I equate it to like throwing ball. If somebody's looking at you, you know, really practice receiving it. And so it's like someone just threw you a ball, you're taking it, you receive it, and then you, you throw it back to him or her, whatever it is. That, that creates that comfort. Um, I also find that different cultures have different things going on with eye contact. So that's also something to keep in mind. You know, the Asian culture, it's not polite to look in each other's eyes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, interpersonal communication is quite different. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, you have the Italians and Spaniards. Oh my gosh, they're the best at eye contact. You know, I always say, go over there. If you want to learn how to do it, just go over there because they're so good at it yeah. and, and take it in. Like receive it, receive what it's like. Cause they almost like they look through you, but on a creepy way, it just like they, it's like they really are listening to you and really like feel you. And they have something that you don't see. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. cool. Very cool. So how do you achieve your return on investment based on how you present yourself? Yeah, I give a lot of talks actually on the power of your presentation, how you achieve ROI with your wardrobe. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but I break it into three categories. You know, the first being your, your you know, kind of first impression and what you're wearing. So I do, the style piece is, is really huge. Um, and again, it's the easiest place to start. It's all the things that we're talking about. Knowing the colors knowing the cut of the clothes and knowing what makes you feel confident. I call it the three C's. And so when you focus on those three things within the style piece, it's a great way of getting started. The second piece is the body language. We were just talking about that. Mm -hmm. So when you're wearing clothes, what I, I love about clothes is that it acts as a costume mm -hmm. where you're embodying a certain energy. For instance, you know you walk differently in flip-flops and jeans with a t-shirt on. You move differently versus when you're wearing a dress and heels and you're clickety-clacketing down the street. You, your body is different and there's a different like signal that you're sending to people. Um, then the third is actually like really knowing and understanding your personal brand. And I think that's what the photographer was kind of trying to get at with you. I love that he was really kind of needling you a little bit. And I've had this done with me as well. It, it's like, you know, who are you in the world? Who are you trying to attract? What are the adjectives that you would want people to describe you about? And there's a lot of different ways to work on personal branding. You know, it's, um, looking at say some style icons that you admire it's creating maybe a pinterest board and just 
you know, almost like having a vision board for yourself and start saying, hey, you know, the, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. This is who I admire. And what can you do to create something like that? I know, you know, after I had that moment with the image consultant, now I didn't want to be her. I don't want to be this like fabulous Serbian woman that had that attitude. It's not me. Like I know I'm not going to try to become something that I'm not. But there were elements of her that I said, you know what? I could use a little more badass in my attitude. I could use, um, you know, some Chanel shoes every now and then or Jimmy shoes, you know, right? And so, you know, again, you don't have to be something that you're not or try to replicate something. It's taking aspects of what you want to be and other people and making it your own. And I, I think it really comes down to just allowing yourself to be who you are and show up authentically, but as your best self. As your best self. Yeah. Just right. To put the disclaimer on that, because a lot of people might push back and say, well, this is who I am. I'm not going to dress for anybody or I'm, I'm just going to be in, you know, oversized clothes. I don't care. And that's fine. Again, if that's, if that works for you, then great. But most, most people use that as a defense because when I really dig and I push people to be their better version of themselves, they, they admit it. They're like, yeah, you know, I was hiding or yeah, I was kind of scared or I didn't think I could be that way. You know? So a lot of times the excuses again, go into fear. I'll, I'll end here with a, a cute story on, on this note is that this woman hired me for dating coaching and she seriously, she sat there with my number for a year and she finally got up the nerve to call me. And the first thing I had to do, cause I looked at her online photos and pictures and she also was trying to uplevel herself in business. I said, I, I, we we got to change these pictures. Like we, we have to work on your clothes. And I, by the way, I did this all virtually. So you don't have to like come to LA and shop with me, but you know, I work with people all over the world. Uh, and she's like, okay, but I don't want you to change. Like I'm comfortable in these clothes. Like she was kind of mad and everything I suggested, she literally like pushed me and she's like, no, I don't want to do this. And then she almost gave up you know, she was avoiding my calls, but I kept at it. I kept at it because I like believed in her. I wanted this for her. And I knew that there was a lot of fear for her. So we finally got some outfits that we both agreed on. She hired a, a photographer. She got these amazing photos and she couldn't believe it. As she was starting to wear these new clothes out and about, she actually like, she noticed people noticing her. That's what was really profound, like wow. kind of thing that just like clicked. She's like, Kim, like, people are actually looking at me like guys are checking me out. That's never happened before. And the, the minute we launched her on her um, online dating site, she, she got this great guy and she was almost disappointed that he, she got like attracted this great guy right out of the gate because she's like, wait, I'm having too much fun. I don't well, <laughs> It was like finding the wedding dress in the first store kind of thing. Yeah. But it taught her a really big lesson. She's like, you were right the whole time. You know, the, it was just more my mindset and how I felt about myself. But when I really saw those pictures, I saw what you saw. And I, I think a common theme that we're having through our interview today is really about letting, seeing what other people see that you're not willing to accept often, that mm -hmm. you might be avoiding that, that greatness that is possessed inside of you. And I, I know we're taught to be humble and yeah. I think there is, humility is very important 
and I, I think people worry about showcasing themselves to think that they're bragging or they think they're better than someone else, but it always comes back to what's your intention and are you being present and expressing who you are fully? I love that. It's so true. It really is that empowerment piece, you know, knowing that you deserve it and know like if you feel more comfortable in showing up in your power, how can you receive that? You know, cause I think also receiving is very hard, very hard, you know, and I think it goes back to that humble, like we're taught, no, you know, we should be giving to others and we should always like focus on other people. And that's kind of that quote unquote humble, but it, it actually backfires because when you worry and focus too much on other people and you don't focus on yourself, that's when you attract toxic relationships, lopsided relationships, um, maybe clients that don't pay you or are a pain in the butt, you know, like it all actually works together. So it really starts with you. And when you start knowing your self-worth and you see it firsthand, yes. yeah, it's, it's exactly what you just said. So Kim, we've come to the end of the interview, but I would love for you to share with everyone how they can stay in touch with you. And I know you're going to share a link um, so that people can know their body type, but it's, this has been such a phenomenal interview and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Oh, likewise. I mean, I could go on and on with you, right? Like the two blonde sisters. Um, <laughs> I know. And, and, and by the way, you had the best smile too. And just to go like in the new media summit for everybody who knows, like I was drawn to you immediately because we both have that like smiling, energetic kind of approachability factor. And so it just kind of makes the point and that's how we connected. So, yeah. and I can't wait till we connect again in person again. I know me too. We're going to have so much fun. So um, much anyway, yeah, you can find me, <laughs> you can find me at seltzerstyle.com is the easiest. My website It's um, S E L T Z E R style.com and all my information's on there. And of course on my podcast, the charisma quotient, and that's all over iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcast and of course all over social media and I, yeah I will provide that link and if you have male listeners too I have a little um, man's fashion manifesto so don't feel like I'm leaving you out because secretly all men want to learn about fashion too they just don't know where to go or who to talk to because they don't do that with each other so I'll provide that both of those links for you Thank you so much, Kim. And thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. I'd love for you to go over to iTunes, give us a five-star high five, rate the show, send us an email either to Kim or myself, letting us know the nuggets that really stood out for you that made a difference. And also go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. I have a brand new e-download of that making habits stick. It's a three-part mini course videos on helping you making your habits stick so that you can start moving in the right direction by changing those habits to ones that lead you to success. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And from Kim and myself, go out and have a great day. Thanks everyone.